Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Doing just fine. Always good to be together. Yes, and I'm very excited that we're continuing to explore our personal vulnerabilities and habitual patterns. You've been emphasizing the importance of curiosity and kindness as we unpack these inner dimensions. Well, yes, Anna. You know, it's our mindset will serve us well if it seeks growth in a positive way. Because, you know, as we've mentioned in our last conversation, the positive approach mode affords us the creativity that's so very necessary in the development of sustainable plans for change. And this feel-good factor has science behind it. Sure does. You know, and we cited again our uh, favorite University of Maryland research study, which supports all of this. You know, namely, that as we consider significant changes in our lives, we want to be operating from that positive support uh, mode, that approach mode, which has access to our more advanced thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex, not just the primitive brain of our survival, fight, flight, or freeze. Yes, the, the point that was a focus for me all week was the part of our conversation that highlighted the importance of the recovery time needed when we find ourselves off track. The inner critic can be such a bully and so easily activated when this, with the slightest discretion. Well, you know, that's so true, Anna. You know, and for many of us, that inner critic, that judge, that naysayer is one of our main vulnerabilities. You know, for most of us, it was born out of our, our early search for love, approval, and a sense of belonging. You know, and for others, it may have developed in a critical home environment from things said, things done, you know, and sometimes from a lack of consistent sharing and information. Children have a real knack of filling in the blanks or interpreting cues Cues as subtle as that tilt of the mouth or a tightening of the jaw muscle or a lifted eyebrow. Little minds have a big job to do trying to figure things out. And without consistency and support, it's bound to lead to trouble trying to figure things out. Well, exactly. You know, and without the ability to discern, you know, uh, we have to wonder how those little minds um, interpreted parental, or really any authoritative signals correctly. You know, kids are amazing in what they take in, both spoken and unspoken. And this can land in many different ways and create an internal dialogue of either the inner critic or the inner mentor. You know, so by the time those little minds reach maturity, they usually have a pretty solid script, for example, of, you know, the negative end would be, you know, I've messed up, I'm a mess, my life is a mess you know, or a more positive, you know, I'm really okay, I can do it, I can keep plugging away. Sometimes there's a combination of the two extremes, you know, or, or another, another place that sometimes we go is a, a pattern of checking out kind of apathy or uh, dissociation. You know, most of us have no problem inventorying our perceived shortfalls and, and mistakes and errors. Sounds so familiar. And with the collection of the negative frames in our thoughts, self-esteem and confidence is diminished. It, it can feel so heavy and overwhelming. Disappointment, dread, 
often feels like a dead end, like it's an impossible shift. Well, what if we could shift it on? I mean, what if we could pull ourselves out of the negative rabbit hole? You know, what if we could rewrite our life story so that, so that it creates a map to the best version of ourselves? I mean, what if, what if a new manuscript that was positive and affirming was available to us and allowed us to see our perceived shortcomings and failures as lessons, kind of stepping stones to the, um, the truth of who we are and why we're here? Well, my first reaction is, sounds kind of far-fetched, DJ. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then again, you know, we've been putting a unique spin on so many aspects of life that are taken for granted. Uh, I'm eager to hear about this spin. Well, you know, Anna, as I developed a model for change over the last several decades, you know, the work of Joseph Campbell became a, a really, um, really big influence for me. You know, Campbell was a professor of literature at St. Lawrence College, and he worked in comparative mythology and comparative religion. And his work delved into the many aspects of the human experience. And his best known book, uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces, discusses a theory of an archetypal hero who is a mythical figure found in mythologies around the world. So what was so attractive about Joseph Campbell's theory? Well, what was interesting for me, Anna, is that across cultures, the hero or, or heroine is a flawed human being perfectly imperfect, you know, and this, this human, this flawed human is called to live with honor and integrity, called to do the next right thing, often against what seems like impossible odds. You know, they start as a reluctant traveler and transform because of their experience. You know, whether we're taking, you know, a 3,000-year-old story like the epic of, of uh, Gilgamesh, or our contemporary Star Wars series, the stories serve as a guide to navigating an unpredictable world of trials and dilemmas, conflicts, and moral temptations. And through the harrowing adventures, the hero or heroine, you know, they develop strength of character and determination, always using the many shortfalls as lessons that eventually allow them to overcome their fears their flaws, and cultivate a growing understanding and acceptance of life on life's terms. You know, all of this unfolds through the many choices that they take. The choices become more and more significantly conscious throughout their journey. I'm beginning to see why you must have been drawn to this mythical model. Yes. Yes, the hero and heroine are, are, are flawed, and yet they... They reluctantly accept the challenge to take on this inward journey, which allows them to take back their power through choices and actions grounded in honor and integrity, even when the going gets tough. And, and when they experience falls and failures, you know, they pick themselves up and they carry on and they learn about themselves as they go. You know, I often refer to this as polish the polishing the diamond that we are. So, we're not going to go through Campbell's 12 phases of the journey for our purposes. You know, we want to really put ourselves in the context 
of the larger myth of being called with all of our perfections, you know, called to accept the challenge to discover the best and highest part of ourselves. This fits so well with the personal quest that we've been discussing since the beginning of the year. It's, it's incredible to think that our sense of failure could work in our favor if we use those shortfalls as lessons that contribute to the development of our best selves. Yes, yes. And, and it's all about our growth as perfectly imperfect humans. You know, it's using our shortfalls and our perceived failures and indiscretions as guides to our, to our self-correction. So it's, it's really an affirmation of who we are and who we want to be. And this, of course, lends clarity by shedding light on our hidden aspects, those core beliefs and self-limiting beliefs that we've talked about. You know, and, and it even reframes our rebellious years, you know, as testing the waters on the dark side. You know, when most of us have at least tiptoed there sometime in our life. Everything and everyone we've encountered in our life has led us to this pres- present moment. You know, this internally or, or eternally changing moment. You know, the story isn't over and maybe the best is yet to come. Well, it sounds very promising. Well, it is promising. You know, it's a promise to ourselves, promising that we haven't given up on ourselves. It's about approaching ourselves with great humility and compassion for the person that we've been and the person that we want to become. And we start by by looking over our shoulder into the past, taking an inventory of, oh gosh, on a whole myriad of things, you know, our regrets, our wrong turns, those embarrassing moments, times when we felt like a, a failure or a loser, those times that we've wanted to run away from situations or maybe run away from ourselves. You know, are those occasions where we've loathed ourselves, you know, feelings that maybe we've ruined our life, you know, our, our shame. Oh, wow. Well, these are surely painful memories for all of us. Yes, they are. And calling them out takes away their power over us. You know, we, we also want to investigate what did we learn from these painful experiences? What advice might we share with another that could help them avoid these situations, you know, and are we currently living life differently, you know, or, or maybe we're still tempted, you know, how are we managing temptations? And also taking a look at what habits support action that continue to undermine us. Well, can you tell us more about the habits that undermine us? Well, sure, Anna. You know, they're old habits like, I mean, a big one is our negative bias, you know, in our thinking, that critical mindset, or or not owning our feelings or our reactivity, you know, projecting it onto to others, you know, or, or maybe we're dummying ourselves down just to fit in, or procrastinating, putting things off, or a whole range of compulsive behaviors, whether it's compulsive eating or spending, you know, or, or the people pleasing that we've talked about, you know, abandoning ourselves, you know, and then there's a the whole category of deceit. You know, and it's like white lie is still a lie, you know, and, and in that same category, I, I often talk about excuses because any excuse that justifies not being healthy and whole is a lie. Oh, and we can also talk about addictions, you know, whether it be alcohol, drugs, gambling, or sometimes we're hiding behind a facade, kind of that public persona, you know, that is detached from our true selves. 
you know, the common theme is the abandonment of self. You know, it's a disconnect. It's life in a sleepwalk. So we must wake up and face into the truth of where we've been in life without getting discouraged. Well, and, and there's usually no formal invitation to our hero or our heroine's journey. You know, we know we're ready when we're committed to owning our past, yet living in the present and dedicated to living with honor, integrity, and compassion one day at a time. Oh, a tall order. We're waking up to our truth and realizing that it's not too late. There's still time to discover our best and highest self. Yes. Dr. I have to tell you, this is great news. Well, it, it is, Anna. It's a call within each of us. I, I often refer to it as a divine spark um, or a voice within. And I, I often say it's a voice within with a capital V. It's an urge to move forward in a different direction. You know, an urge that's not looking for praise or accolade. It's assessing our personal power. This is the prize. The prize is, is the discovery of the best version of ourselves. Therein lies the power, and the power is you. Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of a T-shirt graphic my husband designed for our nieces and nephews. Uh, the graphic was this huge letter U with a stick figure person holding it up, and it read the power of you. I always love that shirt, and I talk about it all the time, actually. <laughs> but even though Joseph Campbell talked about the hero's journey as a myth, you're using it as a change process in real time. Yes. Yes, it's, it's, it's like the mouse in the maze of our favorite University of Maryland study. In real time, you know, we're the mouse, you know, we can run seeking the cheese in a positive approach mode or spend our lives focused on dodging the negative predators. You know, the practical ap application in real time is to start, as we've recommended all along, with present moment awareness. And in this practice, we can assess without judgment where we find ourselves in life. We let ourselves observe the threat of our lifetime the randomness of where life began for us, family, church, school, and how it has played out over time, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It sounds like reading a memoir and as it's still unfolding, you know, our own personal memoir. Well, yes, without criticism, you know, and allowing ourselves to experience the longings of our past via our thoughts and feelings without drama or self-recrimination you know, always with compassion for the person that we were, the choices that we made, you know, our habits, shadow self, beliefs from our backstory, messy though it may be. Dr. Jane, messy may be an understatement for many of us. Well, true. True. The good news is that we don't have to continue to carry this baggage. You know, it's time to unpack, Anna, to harvest the lessons and let it go. We've paid our dues. Probably many times over, we've paid our dues as a prisoner of our own negative thinking. So further loathing doesn't change the past. You know, the questions are, what have we learned from our mistakes? How, how can the lessons work to make us a better person? You know, how do they direct us to our highest self? You know, we're stepping into the present 
with the determination to make conscious choices that serve a greater good. Choices to let go and lay the burden down, the burden of perceived failures and disappointments and shortfalls. You know, and owning these is the beginning of a new way of life. What about the effect on others? You know, or what if we're feeling a need to make amends? Well, Anna, you know, I've always shared the AA 12-step approach to amends. You know, the 12 steps recommend that amends are made are, are to be made only if to do so will not harm another. You know, and this is an, an important piece. So we have to ask ourselves, what are my intentions? Who is this for? Often, you know, Anna, in an effort for self-clearing and personal absolution, People disclose ugliness from the past, and the recipients of this may be left more injured and traumatized. So again, Anna, we're admitting our wrongdoings and taking full responsibility for our intentions and the impact of our actions, past and present. This is such an important dimension, you know, accepting full responsibility for not just our intentions, but also the impact you know, that impact of how others receive us can be so very unpredictable. Well, yes. You know, and, and often we, we think we're off the hook if our intentions didn't play out according to plan and someone is impacted in a negative way due to our amends and our behavior choices. Yes, this is a significant request to own all parts of ourselves, past and present. This is certainly not to be taken lightly. Well, yes, you know, and, and herein lies the alchemy of faults and failures transmuted to lessons and blessings. You know, it's the perfectly imperfect self being fully accountable and consciously choosing a new way in this one precious life, a choice to take the high road to the best version of ourselves. Wow, Dr. Jean, I absolutely love that the perfectly imperfect self-being. So where might we focus this week? Well, Anna, let's stay with our regular mindful awareness practices. And let's begin unpacking the regrets and the perceived mistakes and shortfalls from the past, always with kindness and compassion. Oh, we'll take the challenge. How's that? Great, great. (laughs) This has been an amazing conversation filled with such necessary information for all of us to continue this journey on the high road to the best version of ourselves. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Thank you, Anna. Until our next conversation.